away from the winter solstice, which may be the day that they release the Kraken, Godzilla, the nuke, whatever it's going to be, metaphor or real, or rather simulated real, but however they do it. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to literally drop a nuke on us this winter solstice, but everything about Leave the World Behind suggested that the winter solstice is a day to watch, and summer solstice we had the Titan implosion, which I discussed last night connects to the Godzilla movie, who again represents the atomic bomb, and they nullified him by pulling him down to the bottom of the ocean so he could implode. If you missed last night, I sent out the, art the ar archives about 10 minutes ago, and we covered pretty much a lot of stuff related to the... Let me bring this list up here. First of all, it was the Joe Biden car crash thing. And I, I said there wasn't enough information at the time to say what the big deal was, but basically a sedan had crashed into one of the SUVs on his parked motorcade. Well, there is something more to it, which immediately came out after. So again, Biden is in Delaware, and a sedan crashes into their SUV motorcade, and it's right in front of a Bank of America sign. So Bank of America crash may tie in to leave the world behind and the Matthew Perry connection, which I think has to do with uh, depression, because he was being treated for depression. He went underwater. So I think there's a number of clues here about the real meaning behind this leave the world behind. Is it a literal nuke? Is it a metaphor? Is Godzilla coming out of the ocean? Or is it going to be financial? Or all of the above? Because the Titanic, as a metaphor represents our financial system sinking and they communicate in metaphors so for Biden to have an incident like this a crash in front of a Bank of America means something just as it meant something last year in East Palestine when a tree uh, train derailed right there in East Palestine Ohio the heart of it all a train derails and we're like this has to mean something and it causes a quote toxic airborne event mass massive mushroom cloud in East Palestine if you remember and they claimed all kinds of environmental damage, etc. But that was probably predictive programming for what happened in Israel and Palestine. And of course, East Palestine, just referencing this collision, that's what the derailment represents, some kind of a conflict. But what's more, we're still awaiting a toxic airborne event. So that could be foreshadowing something out there as well. All right, let's go ahead and go through my notes. The main thing I wanted to talk about today, though, was, uh, one, the Biden thing. There's something about that. So I'm looking at the, the finances. Two, the solstice. Now, we have more. This was another clue that was picked up. More about the movie Leave the World Behind. So there's a scene where you see all these computer monitors. And here's where it's telling you about the warnings, the cyber attacks. Well, if you turn the screen upside down, and this is, again, from the movie produced by the Obamas, you have a different message. There's a hidden message within the movie Leave the World Behind. And the message is, Die 666. And this was found by Plain Decoded over there in our Gilded server. Another reason to join our server is really, I think, to uh, be a part of this cutting-edge research. And you'll see here, Again, if you flip the screen, it says, Die 666. What could that mean? And at the very beginning of the movie, when Ethan Hawke's character wakes up in his bed, there's a couple of clocks, and there's a mug, which again says, 
1-800-666-6666. Now this has me thinking about um, Alistair Crowley, who said that the aspirant, he's talking about magicians, if you're learning magic, if you're learning to be an occultist, you want to join the Illuminati and run psyops on the public, you have to know how to do their form of black magic. And one of the things he said was that the magician must train himself to think backwards by external means as set forth here. Let him learn to write backwards, to walk backwards, to read backwards. And he goes through this whole thing about inverting and turning things upside down as an integral part of understanding magic and how it works. So here we have a mass media propaganda piece. This is just, it's not even just the movie on Netflix. You know, it connects to everything. The movie has the Tesla cars piling up right after. Tesla's cars have been recalled. We've had the movie about hacking, and then we have these reports of Chinese cyber hackers infiltrating our cyber infrastructure. There are examples that we can point to that show this is not just a movie. It's a propaganda event. So here, the die 666 has a meaning. If anybody here can interpret that, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are on it. But again, uh, Barack Obama, again, you know, you know, Obama, speaking of triple six, his birthday is 8-4, which is the 216th day of the year. And the 216 in, well, according to Pythagoras, is the Phoenix cycle. He said this is the number of years between incarnations. Well, again, 8-4, August 4th, 216th day of the year. 216 is also 6 cubed. 6 times 6 times 6. Must be a message in that. Let's see what else. Oh, Bryce Mitchell. We have some flat earth news, kind of interesting stuff here. Because the other day, or you know, Tucker Carlson came out saying that he's open to anything. He's open to literally anything. And I've heard him insinuate he knows something about mud flood. I don't know if he would try, you know, the whole Dave Murph P's health recommendations, but I'm glad he's going down the flat earth route a little bit anyway. But a follow-up here, flat earther fighter MMA Bryce Mitchell, who's also a big Q and honor, and he says he wants to die fighting the next American Revolution wrapped in a flag. Uh, he was knocked out brutally, left on the ground convulsing, and fans have reacted. This is from Sports Skeeta. He can sleep on that flat earth of his. Fans react as Bryce Mitchell is left convulsing after getting brutally knocked out by Josh Emmett. Okay, well that settles it. The earth is a ball. Isn't that how it works? You have so many people who want to fight at, at a po point where they can't win a debate. How many times have flat earthers like, what was it, uh, Santos, Bonachos, and others trying to get physical over it as though it's going to solve anything? They all threaten fight the flat earth. It's like, he doesn't mean literally fight. That's not how you win a debate. Well, actually, looking at history, it kind of is. Might does make right. Okay, this is an interesting one. Total lack of insight. Jake and Jelly QAnon Shaman, in all caps, bitching on Twitter. Watch as Matt Gates ignores me when I ask for a pick and a chance to talk. He then goes on to talk about the plight of January Sixers after he intentionally ignores me. So this is Jake and Jelly clueless as to why somebody wouldn't want to be seen next to somebody with this buffalo horn and ridiculous face paint costume without a shirt on. Like, why wouldn't somebody want to talk to this guy and get a... Hey, you grow up? For 
So here's Jake and Jelly attempting to get close to Matt Gates, Matt Pizzagates, who bought a 17-year-old with his Venmo and didn't realize it was public. And Matt walks away. So here is the shaman, sleeveless, with this ridiculous costume on, wondering why nobody will take, take him seriously. It's a clown costume. Did you see that? And these are the people that are representing Americans? They can't even speak to an American? They can't even speak to an American, and again, it looks like he's got roadkill on top of his head. He probably smells like roadkill. And he's wondering why someone like Matt... I mean, I understand Matt Gates is a right-wing... Pol I know how these politicians are. They're, they, they're probably worse than him. Um, but, look, this guy is clearly a clown, and he's clowning the entire right... And I don't know if this is a lack of insight or if it's... I, I think that's got to be what it is. What else could explain it? If he didn't wear this ridiculous costume, people might take him more seriously. And this is the face of MAGA. The face of MAGA became this ridiculous caricature. And if you ever listen to Jake and Jelly, he's, he's, he's basically an InfoWars-level host. It's pretty much Dave Icke-level New Age babble about free energy and vibes. All right, this is interesting. Um, another area where people totally lack insight, they're really mad at Elon Musk. Right now, they're mad at Musk for everything. Mainly, it's because of X. And there's a few other things. Like, recently, we've talked about this, how Elon Musk went from being like Henry Ford in a good way to a bad way. Again, referring to uh, Henry Ford's the international Jew, a lot of his stuff. is It's kind of a historical analog. It's repeating here. Anyway, I got a message last night from Mr. Trustworthy who noted here, hey, look, the Tesla logo is a T. Could it be a connection to the Ford T model? Which makes perfect sense. And I think we could also connect that to the X. Like the T, the X is another cross. But anyway, uh, Henry Ford, founder of a car company that bears his name, Hard to overstate his influence over corporate America and the national zeitgeist a century ago, or the damage he inflicted on his company and the country. Ford's business accomplishments are the stuff of legends. Then we have the but. What happened next? A Ford 2 was on top of the world when he turned 50. The Model T was transforming the country. But then his life took a grim turn towards bigotry. He bought a newspaper, the Dearborn Independent, at a time when hundreds of thousands of Jews were fleeing pogroms in Europe, and he published a torrent of vicious anti-Semitism, such as the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. Musk, for his part, bought Twitter and used it as a weapon against the, quote, woke mind virus, saying pronouns suck, embracing the right, all of this taking a toll on his Tesla's business. So here, they've made this connection already, and I think it's deep. I mean, Ford T., then, of course, the Tesla cross and the X, all connected. No coincidences here. Now, here's the thing. The recall of 2 million Tesla cars sheds light on Elon's big fib. This is from Rolling Stone. So Rolling Stone is bringing up that he's a liar. And I'm thinking, wait a minute here. You're saying he's lying about robo-taxis, that it was staged? Elon Musk promising robo-taxis for the next decade... 
and this was in 2016. He'd been saying this for the next for the last decade. He's been saying we're going to have new cars that next year that drive themselves. He's been hyping this up. Let me play some clips. Autonomous cars will definitely be a reality. A Tesla car next year will probably be 90% capable of autopilot. Like so, 90% of your miles could be on auto. You know, for sure, highway uh, travel. We're probably only a month away from having uh, autonomous driving. Now, this is 2015 still. For highways and for relatively simple roads. He goes on and on and on, but this this is about 10 years of non-stop promising 2014 we'll see 2016 right now this question and next year 2018 self-driving will be will encompass essentially all modes of driving and be at least 100 to 200 percent um, safer than a person by the end of next 100 percent safer than a person by the end of next year that's 2018 let's see what we have here in 2019 2020. Maybe 18 months from now. I feel very confident predicting uh, autonomous rover taxis for Tesla next year. I'm I'm extremely confident uh, of achieving full autonomy uh, and, and releasing it to the Tesla customer. Anyway, there are people now, this is Rolling Stone, casting doubt on whether or not he can make this happen or whether it's even possible. And I'm like, well, wait a minute here. Next thing you're going to tell me he didn't really send a car to space or that he's faking space travel like this this should be an interesting opportunity to press some people on their blind faith in the space papacy like you believe that musk is going to take us to mars and do you also believe that he can create these or that he's manufacturing cars that drive on autopilot do you believe anything he says where is he lying is he just only lying about stuff on the ground but we can trust him in space Oh yeah, we trust you, Musk. You can you can fly us to Mars on this one-way trip. We trust you that we'll make it. So this is fascinating because again, this is one of these situations where uh, the mass media needs you to have the utmost faith in these gods they create, these miracles they can send us to other planets. He's our savior. If you didn't know this, he's your savior. If global warming happened tomorrow and the ocean levels went up and we're all going to die because of it, obviously a flood. Um, there's no Noah's Ark. There's only starships and a limited number of tickets. So you got to pay him for salvation, and he can take you somewhere safe, like Mars. And my point being, he is a savior. Or he was. They need you to have that confidence in him. But it seems to me that this could possibly shake that. All right, micro-dosing, uh, that's correct. Mingo Penguin says, doesn't Musk microdose Special K? I think he does, and it was Special K that was prescribed to Matthew Perry, which they say, according to the autopsy, is what led to his untimely death, or timely, perfectly timed, pre-scripted in advance. Fake death. Joined by John Francis 2.0, Plain Decoded, Thirst for Truth, Junders Plunkett, Portal Complex, Ultimate TV 9000, thank you for joining. Alright, there's Musk and his robo-taxis. Again, I'm bringing this up because... People believe in him entirely, and now they're pulling him apart. They'll never do this to NASA. Again, car crashes in front of the Bank of America, hits Biden motorcade. He's safe, and it crashed at their campaign headquarters, but again, right in front of the Bank of America. What does that mean? Die 666, that's a message from Obama to you for the holidays. 
Die 666 America from Barack and Michelle Obama in Leave the World Behind. Again, trying to decode that. We've already covered this. Um, we talked about Tucker's flat eartherism, but he's really hyping up the idea that there's a spiritual component to aliens that he's really afraid of and he can't tell his wife about. Let me play a quick clip here because he's getting a lot of attention for his flat earth comments and this may be part of something bigger. Maybe the alien reveal. They are really, really, really dark. It's so dark that I, you know, haven't told my wife about it. I mean, I, I haven't verified any of this, but this is not just stuff that I read on the internet. I know you all are. Oh, he hasn't verified it, but. Very, very grounded in that story. So I think I know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But there's some stuff there that's just like, man, I, I'm not even sure what that means. There's a spiritual component there that I, I don't fully understand. Um, so yes, that story bothers me. And I think, last thing I'll say, that one of the reasons that we've had all the, these disclosures and all these, what, 10 whistleblowers at this point, and it hasn't really become front page news. Part of it's suppression. You know, parts of the government don't want you to know about it, but part of it is the public can't deal with it. It's too far out. Okay, so the government is suppressing it, but the other part of it is it's too far out and the public can't handle it. But he can. He can. And his media friend here, who also is keeping the secret of the bad aliens from his wife, agrees that we, the public, can't handle it. So this is an interesting dynamic because basically it's the priesthood and they can know these things, but we can't. But I'm like, what makes them special? So Tucker's in the know about this. want to know that, oh, yeah, honestly. Deeply so. disturbing stuff. You know, forget like saucers you know I mean? and technology. It's yeah, deeply, yeah. No, deeply no, no, disturbing. No. So it's not saucers and technology and look at my, and, and Tucker's just like, no, no, not that, not saucers and technology. We're talking adrenochrome junkies from Mars working for the government or making deals with the government. That's what we're really talking about. Anyway, we'll see where that goes. Let me see some of the comments. Other quotes here. Again, public, the public can't handle it. He says, it's too far out. The implications are too profound. So it's too profound for the public, but not so profound that uh, Tucker can't get access to this information. Lenka says, whoa, if Tucker says he doesn't want to reveal something that's huge, he knows how to trigger curiosity. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's bait. You see, what they're going to do is, and this is my, my thinking, the strategy is this. They're going to keep saying, we have this information, we have this information, we know about Tesla's free energy, but to get it, you got to go to the voting booth and vote for Trump. Trump will reveal the aliens. They made this promise years ago. Uh, same thing with JFK. If you like Trump, they're going to release all the information about JFK and the assassination. What Tucker is doing is he is wooing conspiracy theorists into the right wing, turning them into a voting block, just as they did in 2016. This is really what Q is about. 2015, 2016, getting all of the conspiracy theorists on the same sheet, so they all vote for the guy who has the solution. Equilibrium says, respect Tucker, but deciding what the public can and can't handle isn't his position. Say what you know, leave it to the government to lie and manipulate us. It's their job. We need reporters to shine light on the truth. Also, Tucker, you're a member of the public. Excellent, excellent point there. Excellent point. But it tells you something. He's a fake populist. I thought he was a populist, but he's like, no, the populations out there can't handle what I know. That's an elitist. Tucker Carlson is an elitist. 
Project Unity has some speculation as to what Tucker could be covering up for. He says, for anyone curious about what Tucker Carlson is scared to tell everyone, it's the following. There are intelligences beyond the threshold of our 3D space-time construct that can penetrate our dimension at will, adopting many forms that have been seen as demons and angels throughout time. So again, the angels aren't going to bring us technology. They're going to bring something else. Alright, let's continue. Going through some comments on this particular post, just to see what people think about Tucker's take on it. I'm glad at least one person called him out for not shining a light, but rather obfuscating. Your answer, Jinn. A special class of spirits that, according to Muslim demonology, inhabit the earth, assume various forms, and exercise supernatural power. You know, I came across this book on jinn. It was, it was like called Jinn Summoning, or something like that. And it was just kind of obscure. I got it on Amazon. And I, I read it. It was poorly translated. But from what I understand, the concept of jinn is like, you know, genie, the jinn are fallen angels, or angels. But there are two classes. There are the believer and non-believer. The ones that agree with Allah and those that go against him. So it kind of corresponds to fallen angels and obedient angels. But interestingly, according to this book, you could um, summon them at a crossroads outside of town, on the edge of town in the middle of the night. Which is kind of consistent with something we were talking about last night. We are talking about hoodoo. And the scene in Home Alone, when you know Kathleen O'Hara says, I would sell my soul to the devil for a ride home. She's at a crossroads. And then John Candy shows up to take her home. So we brought this up last night. But the crossroads thing, in addition to being an intrinsic part of American hoodoo, is part of this jinn uh, mythology. Where, yeah, in, in the middle of the night they appear, if you call them, but also they're referred to as tricksters. And that they will generally do the opposite of what you say or include some heavy dose of irony which is pretty consistent if you look at myths and stories about magic and wishes and genies they're always doing tricks which is also consistent with the practices within the voodoo hoodoo religions where they claim too that you have to specify that the spirits don't play tricks because they do it's it's just fascinating to find these things that connect with these various traditions across vast geographical areas where they're not really connected makes you wonder, is there a commonality behind all of them, a common source? Right Angle News Network says, It is my firm belief that aliens are in contact with our government and governments across the world, and they aren't aliens per se, but extra-dimensional beings or demons, and there is a religious component to it as well. Let's see, pa uh, Patrick says, there's a difference between demons and aliens. Is there? Is it just a matter of what side you take? Feather wings, bat wings, up, down, God, Satan. Like, I don't know if it works that way, but it seems like there's, it's about a choice. Jericho says, there will always be some who can't handle the truth, but that shouldn't preclude the majority who have a right to know. And as much as I like Tucker... If he's not going to cover it, then he shouldn't bring it up at all. Right. 
Red Wave Press says, this isn't surprising. What is occurring at our southern border is a calculated invasion that's being funded. Okay, that's a different invasion he's talking about. Joe says, lots of dark claims in the field of ufology. Murders, mutilations of humans carried out by the phenomenon. Murders carried out by humans to keep the secret. Abductions, experiments on humans. Babel says, we're not that fragile. Either tell it or it didn't happen. I think it's hype. I think they're building up hype by design. They know how to hype up the Q types. So the Q types think, okay, Tucker did it. He got kicked out of the mainstream because he's one of us, and he wants to tell us the truth, and he's talking about UFOs, and now he's talking about demonic aliens. And this is a recent twist, the aliens going demonic. And that's because aliens are partisan. Left wing sees aliens as bringers of technological salvation. Let's worship them. And it proves that the trad right is wrong and that the progressive future is the way to go. Listen to the aliens. Whereas the right wing is like, no, those aliens are demons. God's angels aren't going to be working with our government. And those ones that they're talking about are going to trick us. So the right wing is already prepared to go to war with the aliens. Because they know that those aliens are demons. And that they are on the side of the angels. Billy Shear says, gatekeeping straw men. I think they are gatekeepers. And they make sure that they control the conversation by being the loudest voice, even on these fringy topics. Which is, you know, why it's, it's fascinating. It's like, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson has now openly endorsed the idea that he's open to flat earth theory. He's open to it. Although, we talked about this last night, the reason why he didn't go full-blown flat earth it's because he's a hunter. And he says he has to account for the curve of the earth when he fires his rifle. I think he's a poor researcher. He never really thought about this. He never really did any research at all. Because the claim is that you have to calculate for the rotation of the earth when you're firing long distance, like if you're a sniper. You're shooting a deer from hundreds of yards away. you got to account for the curve of the earth. got to give it a lead. That's the theory, that's the story, that's the claim, that's the old wives' tale, which I don't believe. But here's Tucker invoking that. But he did it wrong. It's not about the rotation uh, to him. To him, it's the curve, which doesn't make any sense. Tucker Carlson, open to flat earth theory. This is on Newsweek. But look, you have to give credit to Alex Stain, who's never going away, because he is going to be your future president, I'm pretty sure. Alex... Stein, excuse me, Stein brought this up. He said to Tucker Carlson, what do you think of the flat earth theory? And Tucker said, he's open to anything. How could I not be open to anything at this point? There's so much deception. You can't trust your preconceptions. Now, the thing about it is, if you agree with flat earth, or if you at least think it's a possibility, then you're entertaining the notion that the space agencies and Elon Musk are liars. And a lot of people won't like that. Now, this is a, why I think it's a good time to bring this stuff up, is because right now Elon Musk is shedding light on the fact that the people who fake space are liars, or at least he is. So do we still have full trust and confidence in the others? If one of the major proponents of mankind becoming multiplanetary is lying about the ability of his cars 
to drive you autonomously, if he's lying and, and using deep fakes, then maybe he didn't even send a car to space. Dwayne Garrett says their louche is drying up and they are grasping at any viral topic to pull people back in. Yeah, they are, aren't they? They really seem to be desperate at this point. It's like one minute it's dead babies, nobody cares, then there's missing kids, nobody cares, do kids, nobody cares. It's the current thing thing. Here's a meme of it. 2020. This is a hypnotist swinging a virus in front of somebody. 2021, it's the needle. 2022, it's Ukraine. 2023, flying saucer. Dangling them back and forth. But this is a big change from space saviors to demons. But it's very much consistent again. It's very much consistent with what the right has been promulgating, starting with MTG. I noticed this pattern last year. It's like, okay, they're making the aliens into a partisan issue. Technology as savior only appeals to the left. And to the right, it's all stuff from demons. And if you go far enough right, you can find that this this superstition is pretty deep into all of it. And that makes perfect sense if you think about it. Superstition, that is. They're keeping the right wing in line with traditional values and the old archaic concepts of sin and evil. Whereas the left is being indoctrinated into this new concept of evil and sin. So for the for the right, yeah, it's it's sin, it's evil, like from the devil, and demons. For the left, it's the virus, and it's systemic racism, and oppression. Elon Musk made a cyber horse. Did he really tweet this? This was posted by Pippi Langstroth. I've seen this going around, but it's a horse. Uh, stylized in the proportions of a Cybertruck, and it's entirely unesthetic. As is the Cybertruck, which, I don't know, Musk is under attack right now, so I don't want to pile on. However, it could be also a structured takedown, which is probably true. Now looking at this Henry Ford thing, again, the Henry Ford thing, Ford T, then you got the Tesla, then you got the whole buying the publication, the Dearborn, and then buying X. Yeah, there's a historical parallel here. So we can look to Henry Ford to see the future of Musk on some level, I think. Mango Penguin says, Mailer Demon. Wonder why it's labeled that way. Right, exactly. The, the demonization of technology is actually a thing on the far right. And it's not like they're Luddites or something, necessarily, but that it's all being looked at as somewhat nefarious, they're suspect of it, of technology as savior, of the vax, man's injected high-tech immune system, whereas the left embraces it. Now, this idea of historical characters being repeated is intriguing. You know, I, I think that Thales of Miltius, the name is practically an anagram for Tesla. I think it's the same historic character. And if you look at their supposed achievements and everything, you'll find that there's a lot of parallels in, in the different ideas. Like, here we go. Thales of Miltius was one of the seven sages, first philosopher in the Greek tradition. He is the first to have predicted a total solar eclipse. And he also believed that the Earth was floating on an infinite ocean.
that the universe was all made of water, all one substance. It says here, he theorized that a single substance, a single ultimate substance, was the basis of all th everything in nature. He calculated the height of the pyramids, the distance of ships on the so shore. He was an astronomer who predicted the weather and a solar eclipse. He discovered the position of the constellation Ursa Major, as well as things about the solstices and equinoxes. He was also an engineer. Credited with diverting the Hellas River. Now, the thing about him is he's also credited with having made some discoveries about static electricity. And if you look at images of him, you know, we're talking about static electricity. I think you can correlate that with the idea of Tesla's idea of uh, free energy. And you often find images of Nikola Tesla holding balls of lightning. And if you look at statues of Thales, you'll often find the same thing. You'll find statues of him holding bundles of lightning in his hands. And I've compared the two in a few different ways. Also, they were each confronted with a competitor who pretty much drowned him out. You had the whole dynamic between uh, Tesla and Edison. And you had a similar story played with Thales and, and some of these other sages. But here he is holding lightning. I look at these as historical personages. They fulfill certain um, roles, which are an integral part of the big psyop. So what does Musk represent? Uh, I think he's a fall guy for unmitigated accretion of personal wealth and the free flow of information being unrestricted. Uh, individuals who are rich having too much power in the world. So he's a rich guy. Too rich. Too big to fail. Who has unlimited power and resources. Who's doing so much damage. Not just to our psyche with all the mind junk. But to outer space. And even possibly putting at risk our ability to leave the Earth in the future with his 42,000 CubeSats, because if one of those hits another, hits another, hits another, has this cascading effect, they call it the Kessler Syndrome. But basically, we're talking about like an, an avalanche in space, which would block us from ever leaving. Mango Penguin say, I saw a post on IG calling for a global strike today. Let me see what that's about. A global strike, we'll see. I see, what is the global strike demanding an end to Israeli war on Gaza? Is that still going on? I stopped paying attention when I saw literal bouncing babies, literal rubber dolls, and these horrible theatrics where they're running around fake crying, holding fake dead kids. I couldn't watch it. I mean, some of these psyops are just so dumbed down. And they, I think they work and they're very effective when they primarily spread through rumor. Like, oh, I know somebody who knows somebody who, whose kid was bombed. Yeah, okay, well, what, what kind of bomb can you drop on a baby that doesn't blow up the baby? Like, those are some weak bombs because none of these so-called dead babies have any kind of real trauma. But it doesn't work so well today when we can see things high definition, share it on Twitter, look at it, compare it to hyper-realistic training surgical dolls that you can buy on Amazon, you can buy them online. These things that breathe and bleed. Billy Shear says, Elon probably considered himself no better than a neo-feudalist and technocrat. 
Yeah, no, you, you know, you nailed it. Uh, in 2017, I, I put out an article called Elon Musk, the Martian Pope, which I would say is a little prescient. Because even then, I had commented that he is reprising the role of Constantine. Here we go. Constantine, who supported converting the tenant farmers into serfs, Pope Musk will convert the working class into potato farmers in China, likely believed, believing that they are on Mars. And this is my theory about how the Mars bases are all just underground. And maybe that they're all under China, but whatever. But the SpaceX logo has a cross on it. Constantine's cross was turned into a symbolic sword, infusing into it a spirit of violence. So here we have the space X, and again the X is a cross, ties into the Tesla T cross. It also connects in a lot of ways to everything else he does. The number 42, the number 24, the X, these things are all connected to the same body of symbols, but in this article about the Martian Pope, I was describing space communism, which was envisioned by the early Russian space pioneers. Artists from the Soviet Union imagined that they would have the perfection of society achieved on Mars and then they would bring it back and export it back to Earth. So the idea of a space commune is no different than a fiefdom. You can't leave, you'll die. You're on life support, you're living underground, and you have no private property. You don't have anything you've had on Earth because you've lost your freedom to go into this closed system. So I've described Musk as a reboot of Constantine as they move free people into slavery thinking it's the epitome of technology and progress, which is funny. Capitalism and capitalists, you know, they're like, okay, this is leading us to space. Capitalism, all the technology that's being, I guess, accelerated through free market activity and, and public's demand for things, yeah, it's going to bring us to the stars. Freedom. You know, America, F, yeah, take us to the, to the stars. And they think that's what's happening, but the truth of it is the space program is an extension of environmentalism. But they can't sell environmentalism to the right because they know it's a hoax to bring about more controls and regulation. Communism. Watermelon Marxism. Green on the outside, red on the inside. Yet, the same capitalist or right-wing types, free market types, who see environmentalism as a threat to their freedom because it says their freedom is not sustainable, they see the rockets go into space and their jaws drop. They cease thinking and they imagine that's somehow connected to what they're doing, what their ideology is leading towards, which, again, it's a, it's a big trick. So Musk is convincing freedom-loving people to adopt communism, kind of like the idea of the long march through the institutions. If you're familiar with that expression, the idea of the long march through the institutions was that you couldn't unite the workers of the world, you know, workers of the world unite. You couldn't do it because standards of living were increasing, maybe people were a little too comfortable. And they needed to go through the institutions to basically brainwash everybody. Thus, the long march through the institutions. Well, I think that they have achieved it. And I think what they have done in order to subvert the minds of people who love freedom is they have convinced them that freedom and outer space are somehow synonymous. In fact, there was a, a rocket that China sent to Mars. I think it was their first one that they sent to Mars. And it's called the Long March. Yeah, the Long March rockets. And I always thought that was kind of interesting. 
I mean, there's different connotations to that phrase, but I kind of think that I'm right on this. Just because what a, what an act of subversion to trick a lot of freedom-loving people into thinking that the ultimate expression of freedom is living on a Mars commune. Now there's more. And Billy Shears agrees. He says, absolutely Constantine mindset. There's even more um, along this line. Because I was looking into Russian cosmism. And from the very beginning of the space program, it's always been attached to this new age agenda, introducing a new concept of heaven. Well, the Russian cosmism it predates even Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard and this creation of a space religion. It's a philosophical and cultural movement that emerged in Russia at the turn of the 19th century and then at the beginning of the 20th. And it had to do with interplanetary travel driven by H.G. Wells, Jules Verne, and philosophical movements like Russian cosmism, a broad theory of natural philosophy combining the ethics of religion with a history and philosophy of the origin, evolution, and future existence of the cosmos and humankind within it. Now, it combines theosophy. It actually literally combines New Ageism into this bigger view. Among the major representatives of it was Nikolai Fyodorovich, an advocate of radical life extension by means of scientific methods, human immortality and resurrection of dead people. So think about this. These Russian cos cosmism exponents were already talking about life extension, space exploration. This is exactly the purview of Elon Musk. Now, one of the major voices in this, though, and this is what got me thinking about it, the one who said that we need to become multiplanetary was actually quoted by Elon Musk at South by Southwest. And this was in Austin, Texas, where he said, and this was in 2018, where he said that we need to become a multiplanetary species. And he was quoting one of these Russian space pioneers, and he quoted a guy named Constantine. So there's this kind of interesting connection here between Constantine, as in Emperor Constantine, Pope Constantine, and this Russian rocket pioneer, who is basically the source, I think, of many of Elon Musk's ideas about mankind's future and outer space. The cosmic philosophy of, here we go, Konstantin Sokovsky. He's known all over the world as one of the founding fathers of astronautics who developed the theory of airship and rocketry. So this individual is a New Ager. His name is Constantine, and all of his ideas have been brought back through Musk. He says here, his assertion is that creation of his rocket theory was only a complementary result to his philosophical works, dedicated to finding out the basic principles of the functioning of the universe. What is the difference? This is him asking some questions. What are spirits? What is the soul? What is the atom? All these questions are intriguing because they tie in to Elon Musk, and this man comes off more as a, a guru type than a rocket scientist, which again ties right into who? Jack Parsons, major player at the genesis of the modern rocketry here in North America, but he was the American equivalent of Aleister Crowley. In other words, we have 
high-level occultists, part of a spiritual paradigm, somehow at the very genesis of this space program, both here in the West and then there in Russia, and their agenda is the exact same. It's the introduction of a new concept of heaven for a new atheistic age that is, like everything else, part of a worldview based on an archaic worldview that is being updated. But the fact that his name is Constantine and that he's being quoted by Elon Musk is more than a little bit significant. Here's the actual quote from that. Elon Musk crashes S, S by... Um, South by Southwest panel, SXSW, to talk about space travel. He gave a shout-out to Russian scientist Konstantin Sokovsky, who talked about how the Earth is the cradle of humanity, but our future's in the stars or whatever. All right, let us continue. Mango Penguin says theosophy is an interesting subject. Yeah, you can find within theosophy references to a great work the great work of the ages, this idea that mankind collectively has to be, achieve collective uh, consciousness, that the mass awakening of the new age thing is like some kind of astrological event that we're entering into a new age and that mankind therefore has to uh, change with it. And theosophy and the theosophy society believe that they were like the light workers, the vanguard of this change. So here we go, Theos the Theosophical Society, 1875, an esoteric new religious movement founded in New York in 1875, Helena Blavatsky, among its founders. And this is pretty much typical of New Ageism, the basic picture that they bring about, this idea, of course, that mankind is about to go through some kind of a change. It says here, the three objects were to form a nucleus of a universal brotherhood without distinction of race, creed, sex, caste, or color, to encourage a study of comparative religion, philosophy, and science, and to investigate the latent powers in man. Fascinating topic. We'll probably dig deep into this. But the, the New Age movement, the phrase New Age, actually comes out of the uh, Freemasonic cult. And much of Aleister Crowley's publications were taken from there as well, and externalized. In other words, um, taken out of the secret temples in violation of oaths of secrecy and published. And it seems that that's part of what Aleister Crowley's mission was, that this new age, the age of information, the age of Aquarius, is where all the ancient bottled-up wisdom is released, and people can do with it what they what they can, or, or the... Um, they're allowed to now. And this is what the various secret society groups, the, the Lemites, the Theosophists, believe that their role in, human, in society was to guide humanity. The Great White Brotherhood is what they call themselves. The media broadcasts illusions. In Greek mythology, media was the goddess of illusions. Someone posted this in Discord last night. In Greek mythology, Medea is the daughter of the king of Colchis, the granddaughter of the sun god Helios, known as a sorceress, but also a witch. Interesting. I mean, can you really separate sorcery 
and spellcasting from broadcast media. No, you really can't. It's actually the same thing. Your TV is an altar. Did you know that? That if you grew up watching TV, you grew up in front of a black cube altar to the Demiurge, the devil, the god of the material realm, Baal, the lord of this world, and you have been synchronized with its reality template. And then you've been made to follow the people who reinforce its paradigm and its monopoly over perception. All right, well, this has been the IPS Morning D program for 12-18-2023. Uh, we're definitely going to be live this evening to take calls. We've covered a few things today. The message from the Obamas for the holidays, if you didn't get this. Watch Leave the World Behind, and in the scene where you see the TV screens, turn it upside down to get your secret holiday message from Barack and Michelle. Die 666. We talked about Bryce Mitchell, who was brutally slammed to the flat earth. And people are now questioning if Musk is lying about his self-driving cars. And yet nobody's questioning him about his space program. And then we talked about Jake and Jelly, who smells like roadkill and wonders why nobody wants to talk to him. All right, this is Chief Crow, Auto Hoax, this or Chief TFO, and I'll be turning this back on over to the 24-7. If you want the archives, go to ips.monster.